0: The start of the school year is just around the corner, and Illinois faces a teacher shortage. There are about 2,000 teacher vacancies at Illinois schools. That's according to a fall report from the State Board of Education. But our state isn't alone, there's a shortage across the country. So, why are there fewer educators in the pipeline? And how can we tackle this problem? Joining us now to talk solutions is Alan Mather, president of the Golden Apple Foundation. That's an organization that works to inspire, develop, and support teacher excellence in Illinois. Welcome to Reset, Alan.
1: Thank you so much, Sasha. It's good to be with you.
0: Can you put this in context for us? What are the factors that are causing this shortage?
1: Well, there are a number of factors that lead to the teacher shortage. I mean, many people talk about how um, in Economically strong times, there are a lot of options for teachers to go into, or um, for candidates to go into. Um, but at the same time, we've been through a pandemic. Um, <laughs> we have right. uh, seen certainly um, high-stakes testing be a part of teacher evaluations in a way that has uh, dissuaded some from going into teaching. Um, it's it's a tough time. You know, one of the strange things about teaching is that. Everyone is an expert because everyone went to school. <laughs> and, um, at least that's the perception and uh, so it's uh, as more scrutiny has been focused on education as, as as it has become more of a political football tool uh, that's that's dissuaded some people from going in
0: and where is the problem felt the most would you say in, in suburban and urban areas or, or rural districts
1: so uh, rural Districts are hit particularly hard, as are the second, a very close second, are urban communities. Um, Typically, you're not going to get people to stay in a school or in a community if they're not from the community. You know, part of what we do in teacher preparation at Golden Apple is generally return people to the communities they grew up in because they're much more likely to stay and have an impact on the community if they're from there.
0: Yeah. Well, a survey by the National Education Association found that 55% of teachers are considering just leaving their jobs. Is this a result, you think, of this great resignation?
1: I think it's part of the great resignation. We've certainly seen articles where um, companies are recognizing the great gifts that teachers bring, that teachers are able to break down things into small chunks. They're able to talk to a variety of audiences. They have a number of skills that I think, often were unrecognized, and so that is certainly part of it, um, but it's, you know, most people who are in teaching leave the profession because they don't feel support at the administrative level, mm-hmm. um, and I say this as a former Chicago public school principal and teacher, <laughs> um, yeah. that um, we have to understand how to both, you know, we need to affirm the good they're doing, we need to challenge teachers to be their best, and we need to support them when they take risks in the best interests of students.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, you're a former educator yourself. So tell us more about your experience. Like, were there times that you felt dejected and, and maybe considered pursuing another career?
1: <laughs> well, first of all, going into teaching, I mean, I hitchhiked through Chicago from rural southern Indiana. I was one of those rare people who did teach somewhere <laughs> when they grew up, uh-huh. and um You know, this was a time where principals didn't hire people. This was back in 1986. And um, I was sent to a school I'd never been in, started two weeks after the school year started, and probably cried every day for the first month. But um, I luckily had a couple of teachers there who took me under their wing when I started at Farragut Career Academy to help guide me through. I mean, that's one of the reasons that in our own teacher preparation, we ensure that candidates going into Illinois schools have have hundreds of additional hours with students before they go in, because it's tough. It is really tough when you first go into a school and you don't want to go to your administrator, your department chair, your team lead and say, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> mm. Not not a comfortable thing for a new teacher. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, it, it's well-documented. Teachers just aren't paid enough. They're, they're dealing with burnout even before COVID, What support do you think they need in order to stay?
1: Well, I think there are a number of things. First of all, there need to be real mentoring systems put in place for teachers in their early years of teaching. Um, You know, people with whom they're connected who are going to be able to provide that level of support. You know, one of the strange things about teaching, right, is that when you do a great job, you do the exact same thing next year. There isn't really a career ladder other than administration for a great teacher. And so how do we help those great teachers um, support that next generation? That's part of what teachers are looking for is support and um, in what they're dealing with in the classroom, someone they can talk to, someone they can go through lessons with. So I think that is an absolutely key part. If teacher evaluation is done well and really done in a formative manner, that's a way to help build teachers and Mm -hmm. build skills in teachers and have a conversation about what real teaching looks like, that that also makes teachers feel as if they are professionals, that they are supported and that this is a profession that really um, has a place for them to go and to improve because people want that feedback and they want to see that level of support coming from their school leaders and from others in the building.
0: That same survey that I mentioned earlier by the National Education Association, it also found that 62 percent of black educators and 59 percent of Latino educators are looking to leave
1: the job. What do you make of that? Um, I, I think there is not the level of support that people need. I think for a long time, I mean, when we got into No Child Left Behind and high stakes testing became kind of the norm, um, and I will say this again, as a principal, principals did not know how to prepare their teachers to do this work. And so a lot of what happened was test prep. And we know from research coming out of the University of Chicago and other places that um, mm-hmm. doing more test prep actually is detrimental to <laughs> raising test scores. It's the best preparation for a standardized test, it's a strong curriculum and excellent instruction. But instead, what teachers were asked to do was to um, do test Prep, drill, kill all the time, which is not why people got into teaching. Right. So I think those, that same thing happened to black and Latino teachers. I think this idea behind um, needing culturally responsive and culturally sustaining curricula oftentimes got um, ignored. And, um, you know, in trying to support, Your students, you want to be able to ensure that they have windows and mirrors, that that they see the world outside, but they also see themselves reflected in the curriculum, Mm -hmm. in what they're doing in class. And I think teachers want to see that happen.
0: When we think about recruitment efforts, right, uh, Right. what barriers, Alan, do you see that there are for students of color or first-generation students or even low-income students trying to enter this field?
1: Well, you know, that. primarily who we recruit are first-generation and students of color, so this is is kind of right in our uh, wheelhouse. And so part of what we do is talk about the impact that young people can have in their community. If we don't start talking about teaching more as a social justice issue, we're going to have a tougher time pulling people into teaching, people who we know need to be in the classroom into teaching and so that's one key piece sometimes that's not what they see again if it's a school that's run more on the three c's of control compliance and coercion rather than the three r's um, that's going to be a a tough a tough uh, pitch to make but we do need to make certain that students know that they can alter their communities that they can improve their communities they can have impact in their communities by getting into teaching Outside of the parent, there's no more important person in a student's education than a teacher. And you know that is, that's something that we really have to highlight, and I think at Golden Apple, we do highlight for candidates going into the profession. So that's for young people, but I also think career changers are, are a key group. And I think as you've seen the great resignation, you're also seeing people who are searching for more meaning in their yeah. lives. And the need to find people who are going to change careers and think about teaching as something that maybe they always wanted to do, but mm-hmm. they were dissuaded from doing early on. That's that's another path that we need to take.
0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about the teacher shortage here in Illinois and nationwide with Alan Mather from the Golden Apple Foundation. I want to play a little bit of what CPS CEO Pedro Martinez had to say about this shortage in a recent interview with Fox 32.
1: We're in the process right now of actually working with candidates of over a thousand positions. To give you an example, we actually have candidates that we're just trying to match up with schools. So, so, the, so it's going to just continue all the way through next week. Uh, but the good news is today, as we sit, we actually have more teachers, more staff room, more staff at the at the school level than even we did last year.
0: Now, we reached out to the district for this conversation, and we do hope to have them on the show very soon. I know you used to work in CPS, Alan. So, do you have a sense of? what they're doing to address the shortage?
1: Well, I I think they're doing a number of things in Chicago. And first of all, I will say that in my 33 years, we often had people come in and hired people after the first week or week and a half of school. And sometimes that was because you didn't know how many students were going to show up. Right. So there's that, too. But there are background checks that people have to go through. And sometimes there is just an administrative process. So I do think that they are uh, focused on this very much. Um, I will say that, you know, we talked about uh, career changer programs. The Chicago Public Schools has Teach Chicago. Um, So they have a program to really help those, particularly those who have been classroom assistants, but also those who have bachelor's degrees to go through some sort of alternative program while they're doing a residency in the schools Mm -hmm. to um, earn their teaching license. And I think that's that's a really important path um, toward getting more teachers in the classroom.
0: How else do you see schools filling the the open positions? You know, I wonder if we'll see, you know, educators maybe teaching subjects that they didn't study. Or I remember hearing early in the pandemic of principals filling in.
1: (laughs) Principals absolutely do fill in. And we also had to ask teachers sometime to take on an extra prep and um, teach an additional class just so students had somebody in the classroom. But you know, when we talk about teacher vacancies, while sometimes we are talking about classrooms that don't have teachers in them, other times we mean that other classes are overfilled, and that's sometimes what administrators have to deal with, and then a burden is put on teachers. So you talk about um, other reasons that teachers might leave the profession, I think this um, Mm -hmm. the, the teacher shortage sort of exacerbates the problems that already exist with the teacher shortage. Um, So they are teachers are often asked to do a great deal more than they had been previously.
0: I mean, the solutions that we've discussed here, Alan, I mean, do you think they go far enough? Are they tangible?
1: I think they are tangible. And I I just I think we need to reframe. And I I think the state and the city are working uh, closely on reframing what teaching is for people. Um, Again, this idea of changing lives is not a way that we've talked about teaching a great deal in the past. Um, and I remember as a principal, you know, always asking the question in the interview, why do you want to teach? And um, you wanted to hire people who did it because they wanted to see the light bulb come on in kids. They really liked working with young people, not the people who said, you know, I loved math. I loved English. They loved the subject area and they were good in school. No, they, we want people who are going to work with students and change the lives of students. So. You know, there is no other profession that is possible without teachers. <laughs> and, yeah. Unless we start talking to candidates about what teaching can mean for them and for the community, we're going to have a tougher road ahead. To
0: what happens if we don't address these retention and, and recruitment problems right now?
1: Well, we've seen this across the country. Um, there are states that are putting people in the classroom uh, last minute, ill prepared. Um, you know, just kind of emergency licensure programs where they put you in a classroom with no preparation whatsoever. And I've talked to superintendents in a number of states who um, are desperate for bodies in the classroom, Mm -hmm. but they also understand that the people they're putting in the classroom are are not prepared for what they're going to face. So we really need to prioritize education in this country. Yes, pay is a part of it. We need to think again about that career ladder that I talked about before. How do you have your best teachers help support your newest teachers in the school?
0: We'll have to leave it there for now. That's Alan Mather, who's president of the Golden Apple Foundation. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Sasha. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.